Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. I want to show you this, and I'm going to show you, I want to go over this again and show you the importance of what I taught you on Sunday, then we'll go a little bit further. A lot of people shout on revelation because it's revelation, but they don't know how to make it practical. So let me show you this. When you come to Jesus or when you come to God in prayer, God is willing to do a lot of things for you. Matter of fact, there's nothing he will withhold from us. But we can't come to him. We, have to, we can't come to him with a mentality that every time he tells us, he shows us a picture of Jesus, we think he's telling us, I want you to do that too. Okay, here's the example. The Lord said to Moses, keep rolling down, command the people of Israel to bring pure olive oil or pure oil of pressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually. Okay, the Lord, the Lord told Moses to command whom? Out loud, to command whom? Verse 2 says the people. And look at verse 3. This is the lampstand. I show you the layout of the tabernacle. This is the lampstand that stands in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron, who's the high priest, must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. So whose job was it to keep the lamp burning? Aaron was what? So the high priest keeps the lamp burning, but who brings the Go back to verse 2. Who brings the oil? I want you to see who brings the oil. Okay, so let's, let's say it again. The people bring the oil. And the high priest keeps the lamp burning. Now, when you look at that, now, think about this. What does it have to do with us? We're Gentiles turned to God. What that means is we weren't a part of this system. So why would this be a part of our Bible? For one reason. It's shown us a picture. God has shown us a picture of how we're supposed to live. Okay? Now, what I showed you was this. Uh, we went through and we showed you how... Uh, the, matter of fact, go down to verse, verse uh, 4. Verse 4. Aaron and the priests must tend the lamps on the pure gold lampstand continually. How long? Continually. continually in the Lord's presence. So now we know the high priest's job is to keep the light burning continually before God. Then I took you to Matthew 5 that says, Ye are the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. Okay? Now, this is important for you to know. If you're the light, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men. I pointed out that the word let is passive. That means I'm not making my light shine. I'm letting it shine. You got that? Now, this is what you need to understand. When you come to the Lord, when you you talk to the Lord, he's, he's expecting you to bring him the oil of a pressed or crushed olive. That is a picture of Jesus and what he went through. So when you come to him for every, I don't care what your situation is, it's a job, if it's a family situation, relationship, whatever it is, he's expecting you to come to him under the auspices of a finished work. In other words, he wants you to present to him, um, I'm coming to you with, with, I'm bringing you the oil that Jesus gave to me. He's the olive that was crushed. He's the grape that produced the wine. He's the bread. 
of life. In other words, he's a wheat, the flower, he's a whole, he, God wants that from you. If he doesn't get that from us continually, Jesus can't, the high priest, Jesus can't keep the lamp burning. What I bring to him constantly in every situation, every conversation is what he's done for me. For now, even in my humanity, in my humanity, I said, Lord, I'm struggling with so-and-so, but I always bring up, but Jesus was crushed for this very thing. Amen. So, you know, we act like Jesus died from some, some other sins. You ever think about that? Who sins? Wait a minute. Whose sins did he die for? But people say, well, he died for my sins. But we act like he didn't die for the ones that I'm going through right now. That stronghold in your life, that lying devil, that, that lust. That, he died for that. And not just, not just to, to wipe the slate clean, not just to clean it. You got it? What he died for was to break its power in your life. But how does, how does this happen? By me coming to him continually and saying to God, Jesus died to break the power of this thing that's illegally trying to run my life. It is illegal for me to be addicted to anything. Illegal. It's spiritually illegal. You got it? It's the will of God that I present to him. Now, as a believer, you got to be informed. Now, it doesn't make sense to come to church. You come to church all this time and hearing all this stuff. And still act like you're weak. Why are you weak when the word is giving you strength? The word, the, 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 the word is informing you so you can know what to believe. Right? So now, let's walk through, we're going to walk through some scriptures tonight. And I'm going to help you go through some things. Of, I want to take you through this. There's so many scriptures we go, can go to. But I want to start a whole other part of the lesson. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. Um, when we talk about... Um, believing, believing, believing has to do with what I'm willing to stake my life on. How many of you know that? The Greek word pistil, it, it simply means what I'm persuaded of. Believing is a process. Okay. Uh, um, Paul says, he says, for I know whom I've believed and I'm persuaded that he's fully able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Now in, in the Greek, it reads something like this. He says, I know whom I believe, and I've come through the process of persuasion to a settled conclusion that he's able to keep that which I commit to him against that day. I've come through the process of persuasion. Now I've come to a settled conclusion, okay, that he's able to do blank. So what is the blank that you have to fill in? Because it makes no sense to keep coming here in the word and not believing. Say this for me. Say, I refuse to be. An unbelieving believer. Okay, good. Now, um, I want to show you this. What you go through in life will affect your believing. You may think that what you went through was just something that happened. But what you must understand is that what Satan was after was your belief. He wants to, listen, he wants to make sure that you came out of your struggle with, with a changed belief system. He wants you doubting. He wants you second-guessing. He, he, wants, he wants you thinking that God is not able to take care of you. In the, in this. Now, you've seen God do all kinds of things, but he can't do it in this. And all Satan needs, again, I'm going to bring up the word, all he needs is your humanity. He, he needs you to, because the, the thing about us is humanity is not constant like divinity. You got it? We fluctuate. We, we, from, I wake up, we call it, uh, I'm in a bad mood or I'm feeling a certain kind of way. We go through different things as humans. Satan plays on that. Okay? 
And, he, and what you, what you w- just walked through, he, he's been tweaking your belief system. He's trying to get you to doubt. Now, understand what the word doubt means. The word doubt and the word double come from the same word. Okay? Um, the word doubt literally means to, be, to have two opinions. One person with two opinions about one situation. So the doctor says to you, it's incurable. And imagine this conversation. So, so the Lord asks you, what do you think? And here's what you say to the Lord. I will live and not die on the one hand, but I think I'm going to die. You're quoting the word back because you know it. That's your opinion because you know it. But on, this, on another, well, I feel like I'm going to die, but I think I'm going to live. That's doubt. You, have to, you, can't, you, can't, you can't have two roads. It needs to be one. You need to choose a road. And I'm going to tell you something. God will put you in a position where, you, where he, he will require drastic choices of you just to strengthen your belief system. Pastor, we can't afford the house. And, God, and you're praying, God help us save the house. And God says, no, no. He said, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start you from square one. I'm going to make you trust me for another house. He said, well, why didn't, why didn't God save my house? Because what he's trying to do is, you think God cares about a house? Do you know how many houses? The Bible says he's rich in houses and land. You, you, care, about, you care about the house. And, and, and God cares that you live somewhere. But he doesn't care about that house like you do. Because as far as he's concerned, he's going to get you a house. And he can get you a better house. But he, what he cares about, here's what he cares about. Do you believe me or not? And he will put you in a position where you have to choose him to get the great thing he has for you. I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I was um, in the military, the Spirit of God, I believed, had put on my heart that after my first enlistment, I was supposed to get out. My first enlistment was four years. And so I was telling everyone at the end of my four years, I'm getting out. But when the time came for me to get out, and I came to terms with getting out meant that my check stopped. All of a sudden, I wasn't sure anymore. And so I remember the saints were asking me, what are you going to do? Are you going to re-enlist? And I said, well, you know, I don't think it's the Lord's will. But, and I said, to be honest with you, I'm not certain I should, I, I should get out. And I got into this double opinion. I went to my recruiter to ask a recruiter, what do you think I should do? Well, if you ask a recruiter, what do you think you should do? He's going to re-enlist you. Okay? So they, watch this now. So they re-enlist, I re-enlisted. And after the second time re-enlisting, it was so comfortable, I did it again. So here's what God did. The third time for my re-enlistment, something went wrong with my papers. They said, um, they said you can't do more than this term because uh, we can't find your, your, your naturalization papers. I've been naturalized ever since I was like 12 years old, but they couldn't find the papers. And here's the thing. They could not find those papers. Till I, let me tell you how they found the papers. I got out of the military lost everything, trusted God, got everything back. God built me up better than I was before. Then when I went to Atlanta to be naturalized, I walked in. They said, we got your papers right here. And I thought to myself, God, you did this. Because what God was trying to get me to do was trust him. And I'll tell you what right now, God is not going to answer your prayer for you to skate out or skirt out of believing him. He's not going to help you distrust him. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. 
I got a special treat for you. Yes. Join Pastor Hart Ramsey for the Grace Summit, January the 26th through the 28th at Northview Christian Church, 500 East Dale Loop in Montgomery, Alabama. This will be a special time of impartation and teaching featuring Pastor Hart Ramsey and special guests. For more information, go to the website nccfamily.org or call 334-260-0404. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story featuring the lead single It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story. In stores now and available at all digital outlets. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Hart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Now, I'm going to read this scripture, and, and there's two things you need to know. What you go through affects your belief system, but also the people that are connected to you, people that you look up to, people that, people that, that you admire, or what they go through also, your parents, your pastor, your, your, uh, your friends, or, or your siblings, what they go through affects you also, and it may not be on a conscious level. I was ministering to a, a saint not long ago. In fact, it was longer. It was four or five years ago. And uh, she was battling an uh, 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 incurable disease. And, and when I was ministering to her, here's what she said. She says, she said, I'm not the first one in my family to die from this. Listen to what she said. I'm not the first one in my family to die from this. She said, my mother and my aunties died from this too. I said, but you're not dead yet. Amen. She'd already counted herself out of the battle based on what happened to her mother and her aunties. And when I brought it to her attention, she was shocked. She said, she said, I didn't say, I said, yes, you did. You said, I'm not the first one to die from this. And she said, where did that come from? Mm, good question. It was in you all along. And God used the situation to squeeze it out. That what happened to them affected you. Now, look, watch Paul I was speaking to Timothy. He said, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach how I live, my purpose in life, or what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, you know my patience, you know my love, and you know my endurance. He said, Timothy, you know every good thing about me. You've seen my life up close. How many of you see that? Now watch this. Go to verse 11. You know how, now he, he, he flips the script. He said, you know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in, in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Look at verse 12. He says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, will suffer persecution. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. You, see, you know everything about my life, the good stuff, but you know the stuff, the harsh stuff I went through. And he says in so many words, and you're going to go through it too. Next verse, he says this. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Verse 14. 
But you must. Now, give me, give me, give me verse uh, 14 from King James. I want to show the saints. It says, read it out loud. Ready? Read. But continue thou in the things which thou hast uh-huh, and been assured of, knowing of whom. Now, here's what he says. He says, I need you to continue going forward, although you know what's, gonna, what's awaiting you. You see, you saw what I went through. This is the battles I fought. He said, you're going to have to fight them too. And because you know a battle's ahead, it doesn't mean you get to stop. Right now, you're in a battle right now. And Satan is trying to get you to trade in your belief. Trade in your faithfulness to God. He wants to change the tone. You, do you know how many people have written me since this, uh, the election campaign started? And how many, how many young men and women in the Lord have actually walked away from the Lord? They don't believe the Bible anymore. Following the Hebrew Israelites or some other little group. And I'm like, no. And now we're having the great falling away. Why? Because they're looking at this whole system and it looks like God is silent or absent. Don't think because God is silent, he's absent. When it's time for the test, the teacher says nothing. The proctor is usually quiet during the test. We're going through this testing now. The next thing on the calendar, the prophetic calendar, is the rapture. Okay, and you have to know what number you're going to be, ca- be counted in. Your belief system is being challenged right now by the lives of the people around you and by the things you're going through. The question is this, what are you going to believe? Okay, are you going to stop or are you going to continue? Okay, now w- watch this. So I want to show you a couple other scriptures, and we're not going to be long tonight. I just want to stir your faith a little bit. Um, I want to give you this definition again. Um, of continue it's, it's the, the root word is meno or there's word epimeno i saw the word diameno and um diameno means to be permanently or uh, to continue on a permanent basis or uh, epimeno uh, deals with uh, uh, persisting or staying in the same place but these basic definitions um of, of the word continue are to stay to persist to remain to keep doing what you're doing to keep going forward to stay with it to carry on to stay on the path again, uh, uh, um, to stay on the path, to start again after a failure or interruption, to outlast the forces that aim to weaken, undermine, or destroy you. And then I, I dug this last definition out to remain faithful to God regardless. The last one is to remain faithful to God regardless. Your life is going to change from time to time. We, we are big on seasons. You're going to go through things that will, that will change your, your perspective or your perception. But you have to remain faithful to God. You have to do what? Amen. Remain faithful to God. Okay? And what I want to do, I want to get to some of these. these are, there's seven things in the Bible that I found. And there's more, but I found seven I want to share with you. Seven things, or, or, or I call them seven wisdom ways that you must continue to walk in. Okay? Uh, uh, they're, they're very important. You need to understand that, that the Lord points these things out because he knows that obstacles will come in these areas. All right? Now, put on the screen for me Acts chapter 14, verse 21. After preaching the good news in Derby and, and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, verse 22, where they strengthened the, the believers. They encouraged them to do what? To, out loud again. To continue in the faith. Reminding them, finish the verse with me, that we must suffer many hardships. Now, I keep explaining what the kingdom of God is. How many of you want the Lord 
to really be the leader of your life. When I say the leader, I'm talking about he, he comes and he speaks to you. Have you ever read the Bible and you, you see God will come and speak to people? You say, man, why did you do that to me? Peter was in prison in Acts chapter 12. He was asleep. An angel comes and slaps him on the thigh, tell him to get up. Isn't that cool? Paul is on a ship that's about in a storm that's about to wreck. The angel of the Lord comes to him and says, not to worry. I've given you your life and the life of the men with you. Isn't it cool how God would just show up? That's, they're not special. He wants to do it for us. The Lord has visited me in dreams. And, and you say, well, you're a pastor. No, before I was a pastor. To let me know this is what I'm, what I'm going to do. He gave me a series of dreams. As a matter of fact, I saw all this before it happened in a dream. You got it? 20, over 20 years ago. And I, and I made sure I told people about the dream. So that when it happened, when, when it started to play out, they said, that's what pastor said. Pastor told us about that. The Lord wants to do that. But that's what you call entering into the kingdom of God. Where God is your king. And as your king, he sends messengers to you, his subject. You got it? In other words, my relationship with God is a real relationship. It's a relationship where I'm not just doing what I want to do. He's the one that's directing me. And the Bible says to get there, I have to suffer many what? Hardships. Anybody going through something hard right now? Okay, let me tell you what's happening. You, you're looking at it as, a, I have a relationship situation. I have, a, I have a, a, a medical situation. I have a whatever, emotional situation. Whatever you're going through. That is maybe an employment situation. No, it's not an employment situation. It's a hardship that's trying to qualify you for the kingdom of God. When God got ready to, to prepare me to pastor a church, um, I was without a job. I had to learn to trust God. I volunteered at a church with, with a wife and three kids because that's what God told me to do. And I didn't know how it was going to work. I actually was making, I was getting an unemployment check of $167 a, a week. And that was like, I don't even buy groceries for, you got it? But that's what I was living off of. And when it stopped, I was still volunteering. And God moved in their heart to give me $9,000 a year. That's still nothing. But I tried to trust him on every level. And he would supply, he, people would come and just give me money at different times. What was God trying to do? Teach me how to depend on him. Let me tell you some, some lessons I learned. One of the lessons I learned is that God is always talking to people about me. How many of you know God is always talking to people about you? And sometimes what the enemy will do is he'll get you to say the wrong thing, have the wrong attitude, not be where you're supposed to be. If you wake up in the morning and you know you're supposed to be somewhere, you say, I just don't feel like going. Check that all the time. Because if the enemy is working that hard to make sure you're not at that place, it could be, and more times than not, God has already arranged a meeting there. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever missed church, and then someone called you and told you, man, pastor preached, you and I were talking, ever happened to you? Do you know why the enemy didn't want you to come to church, why he blocked you? Because he knew that God was sending your answer. And I'm going to tell you how God is. Whether you're sitting at the table or not, he's going to prepare the table. You can't be complaining that God don't feed you and your chair is always empty. What I learned, what I learned in this process of the heart, going through the hardship to enter the kingdom of God is that, listen, um, sons, uh, uh, in the Greek there are two words. There's the word technon and the word wheels. A technon is a child that's born of a father. That's, that's all it says is that that's my son. Don't have to look like me, don't have to act like me, just my child. 
But a weos in the Greek is a son that has his father's characteristics. He looked like his father. He acts like his father. Now get this. Technons are born in the kingdom. If you, John 1 and 12. As many as received him, he gave them the power to be called the children of God. So all of us are technons to God. God is our father. But not all of us are weos. The word H-U-I-O-S, weos. And what it means is children who love their father, act like their father, respond to their father. In other words, they, 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 they're connected to him. That comes through this. It, it, you can only become a, a, a functional, thinking, loving son or daughter of God by going through the hardship and holding on to your faith. Okay, now, this is important. So, so uh, let me see, verse 23. Give me verse 23. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in, uh, in every church with prayer and fasting. They turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their... Now, let me show you the arrangement that God had with the, the, for the leaders. Because you think it's only for the pew, but it's for the pulpit too. God had them going around establishing churches. And then from the new converts, listen to this, from the new converts, they will appoint leaders. If all of us just got saved on Sunday, how we qualify to lead? But God gave them, God would say to them, pick that person, pick that person, pick that person. And they would lay hands on them, fast and pray over them, appoint them as leaders over the church. And then they would leave them, the Bible says, in the care, they'd turn them over to the care of the Lord. Why? Why would they do that? Because they already trusted God. That's what they knew. They knew that God would not have me laboring in vain. I'm trusting you to keep this thing going that we started. I'm going to tell you what some of us, but you know what some of our problem is? You're too wise for your own good. You got it all figured out. God is looking for someone that doesn't have it figured out. He needs, God is looking for someone that trusts him. Yeah? He's looking for someone that trusts him. And, and you're going to have to trust him. Whatever, whatever it is you're going through, you have to trust him. You're going to have to turn it over to the care of the Lord. And put your trust in him. All right? Now, there will always be obstacles to continuing. You're going to be tempted to give up on your initial expectation. Um, we all, how many of you when you start, remember when you started with the Lord, when you first started with the Lord? We all, when we begin, we always have an expectation. But what the enemy does, through constant attack, he gets us to dumb down our expectation and, and pursue something that offers immediate gratification. So I stopped going after what I expect, and I said, well, you know what? Well, let me enjoy something now because that's never going to happen. God says, no, I need you to continue. If you believe in me for this, then I need you to stay there. Okay, everybody look at me. I want to help you with this. Every time you ask God for something, the answer in Christ is yes and amen to the glory of God. But he has to change you first. There's going to be a waiting period where he has to change you. He's work- you say, well, God, God is working on it. No, God is not working on it. God is working on you. But the first thing, God's first order is this. He's not going to give anything to you that's going to cost you your salvation. He's not going to give you anything that's going to be, that you're not ready for. He gives it to you and it becomes your God. No, he's not going to give you his replacement. So he works on you, he prepares you, he builds you. Sometimes, listen to this, he breaks you down. Sometimes he allows you to go through a hard place. So when you come out of it, listen, you are so excited about the fact that you get to serve the Lord. 
And you're not treating it like, like you, you, you're doing God a favor by coming to church or by, by doing whatever. You got it? Now, put on the screen for me. I want to I walk you through this. Uh, I want to show you about, as it relates to continuing in, in the Lord and continuing with what God wants you to do. There's a story in the Bible that's interesting to me. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1. And uh, it's not on the outline. If you're looking for it, it's not on the outline. But uh, there's something that came to mind. Now, now, imagine this. Elijah was a prophet of God. His first assignment was to King Ahab. Okay? He was a Tishbite. The first time he, he appears on the pages of Scripture, he appears before the king. His first assignment. You know something that God works you into? A, no, he didn't work into his assignment. His first assignment was to the king. And he comes, he gives a word, and, and God brings the word to pass. At this point in the story, here's what has happened. Elisha has served the Lord. He has predicted a a drought and a famine, and they both have have happened. He He has battled with the prophets of Baal and of the grove on the mountain and called down fire from heaven. And God consumes the fire, I mean, the sacrifices. They kill 850 prophets, 400 of Baal, 450 of the grove. He's doing all these powerful things, and then he gets to this place after seeing God will do all these amazing things. And here's what the Bible says. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.